The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick, and listen to Matt Slick Live. It's uh, the 2nd of February. 2023. So if you want to give me a call, all you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. Now, a couple things. I spent a lot of time today working on video uh, clarity and stuff. It's really kind of become a an issue, and uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I've tried cable differentiation. I've tried... Uh, I researched the motherboard in my system. Um... You know, I've gone in and made adjustments. I did all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's a good break from some of the theology that I write all the time, but uh, the goal is to try and, and make the uh, experience here of coming here uh, even better. All right, having said that, not a big deal. We have a wide open lines if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Also, if you want to email me, say you don't want to be on the air, you can email me a question or a comment, and I often get to them. And all you got to do is uh, just write to info at karm.org, and I'm looking at it uh, as I, you know, as I see, I'm just looking right at it. So that's what I do, and uh, if you want to do that, you want to participate, you can. So you can just uh, check things out. All right, and um, let's see, let's see. You know, it's got a lot of things. Oh, there's a call coming in. Let me see. Uh Let's see. Oh, boy. How do you respond to someone who thinks non-believers are better for, than believers for providing reproductive health care? Uh, yeah. Uh, I would say, I'd say, uh, so killing the life in the human, in the, in the womb is, uh, is, is health care? So how does you, how does it help uh, to kill? So just explain how that works. And generally, you got to understand that the people who are pro-abortion, uh, who are just full of anger and uh, death at this, uh, they don't have a heart of, of gold. You know, they have a heart of wickedness, and they want to destroy life for their own convenience. They redefine it and deny it. They do all kinds of things that are just flat-out evil. And so, uh, though we can be delivered from it. And uh, Christ's blood can uh, free us from uh, that. Uh, we have to turn to Him and trust in Him. So uh, I would say that one of the things when I've talked to, uh, you know, I call them pearl boards, I call them other things. When uh, when I have discussions with them, I like to ask them a series of questions. And one of the questions, you know, I'll begin with it, is, uh, is what's in the womb alive? And uh, I'll just say it's alive. They'll often come back, well, it's not human life. I just, I didn't ask that. Is it alive? And they'll say, well, yes, it's alive. Okay. So it's alive. All right. Um, is it a dog? No, it's not a dog. Is it a cat? No, it's not a cat. Would it be okay to transport it into the womb of a dog? You know, if... If it's not human, it should be a, shouldn't be a problem, right? And uh, you know, they well, no, you shouldn't. Well, why not? And we get into this, and I, I go down that that line, asking them to defend their position. 
And then I'll, I'll ask them uh, when, and this is something to think about for those of you who uh, approve of killing the babies in the womb, just for the convenience of the mother. Um, that life that's in the womb, it doesn't begin at conception, incidentally, it continues at conception. The uh, sperm and the egg are both uh, alive, and they come together and life continues. So if you don't know when life uh, becomes human in the womb, then you shouldn't destroy it because you're actually saying that, well, I don't know when it is. Well, in that case, it could be any time, right? Then what they'll tell me is, they'll give me a date. They'll say, uh, well, after four months, they'll say, how do you know that's the right date? You know, it's just so easy to dismantle them. How do you know it's the right date? And then they'll say, well, it's, you know, it's the mother's body. She can do what she wants. Really? Is it okay for her to uh, uh, take drugs? You know, heroin? Is that okay? Just her body, right? It's her body to, uh, you know, to be in a car and drive around at uh, 120 miles an hour on freeways. Is that okay? It's just her. Is that her car? And people don't think critically. They don't think clearly. And I'm dead serious. They don't think through these things. And the reason is because they, they serve death rather than life. They want death rather than life. And I'm reminded of, uh, you know, First Timothy 4, and it says, uh, the Spirit explicitly says in later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. And this is demonic doctrine to just kill the life that's in the womb of the mother and just to kill it. Man, why? Oh, it's in, it's inconvenient. Why? Well, because, you know, my my uh, my job is more important. You know, it, the women who are like that to me are, are disgusting. You know, their career is more important than the life of a child. Uh, you know, I, I just, I want nothing to do with them. That's not a woman. That's uh, a female uh, who's self-centered. And... Um, just like men and the counterpart uh, who only want to have relations, they get pregnant and they say take care of it, uh, get rid of it. Uh, those are uh, males. I don't call them men. I just call them males. Real adults are other-centered, focusing on others, desire the welfare, welfare of others. They want uh, the, for others to succeed. This is other-centered. This is what love is. And they're godless, they're loveless, and uh, full of hate, condemnation, mockery. There's a lot of bad that's going on in the world. And this is a, a real evil. And I'm just going to say, say for what it is. It's an evil. And it should be stopped. What's surprising is how much God has allowed us to exist uh, for so long in such um, abject rebellion against us. It's just, it's horrible. It, it is horrible. But more is coming. And, I, you know, I don't want to depress the crud out of everybody, but I just want to tell you that I've studied the Bible and what it says, and let me just tell you that uh, because when the unbelievers are the ones who are in control, death follows. When they are in absolute control, death follows, and it, more will come. Sorry, it's depressing, and the reason I tell you is because you need to prepare yourself, just as Jesus warns people. 
you know the signs of the coming of the storm he says prepare you should know these things and get ready to flee the hills and uh, a lot of people think well we're in America don't worry about it what's happening is the water and the temperature is being turned up little by little and Christians are becoming accustomed to it more and more but more and more people need to pronounce judgment upon these evils and the ones who do them and we need to pray for them but this is what needs to happen there's a lot more I could say about it but uh, that's truth let's get to John from Texas John welcome you're on the air Hey, good evening, man. I believe we spoke the other day about the large crop salute. I'm sorry? Say it again? Yeah, I was saying good evening. I believe we spoke the other day about the large crop salute. Okay, all right. Okay. Yes, yes. so with it being such a profound concept, I don't think mm -hmm. we exactly struck the point I wanted to get to the other day. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, and sort of to help the... the, the Sorry, uh, to help make this clear for both of us, I wanted to get to two things, which are I'd like to only focus on what you think the logical absolutes are and share a logical syllogism with you. Well, laws of logic are, you know, for example, the three laws of classical logic, you know, law of identity, law of non-contradiction, law of excluded middle. Yeah? No, yeah, yeah, we're in agreement there. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a different kind of logical, uh, it's a logical syllogism. Okay. It helps run this by you real quick. I'm sure you would agree sure. with it. So, uh, we'll the see. premise one is. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, premise one is the logical absolutes exist and are conceptual by nature. Agree with that? Okay. Yes. Okay. Premise two the substances, substances that are conceptual by nature require a mind to exist. Do you agree substances with that? Substances that, that are conceptual require minds, yes. Yeah. Premise three, large crop salutes are not contingent on a human mind to exist. Right. Agree with that? Yes. Okay, so the conclusion is, therefore, the large crop salutes are contingent on a universal immaterial mind that exists, and this mind is what we call God. Yes. Okay, okay. so, because you agree with this, the critical disagreement here between me and you and perhaps what you and Matt Delahunty disagreed with is that the logical absolutes are conceptual by nature. Okay. Okay, and um, I pulled a quote from you to help uh, illustrate the exact point I'm wanting to um, sure. make here is you said God did not author logical absolutes. They are what we would say a part of his nature. God cannot make A not A any more than he could stop being God or he could lie because he must operate under his nature. Would you agree with that? that is yes. that what you said? Yeah, he has to operate consistent okay. with his own nature, of course. Mm -hmm. Okay. So while the statement, God cannot lie or stop being God, may be a conceptualization, the nature that that statement points to is not conceptual. Yeah, it's a conceptual thing that points to something non-conceptual, right? Yes. Uh, is it, are we in agreement there? Yeah, the statement is a conceptual uh, uh, actuality that's pointing to something non-conceptual, right? Okay. Yes. Okay, so the statement's conceptual. Okay, good. Pointing to something non-conceptual. It's descriptive, okay? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so the, the nature refers to an inherent... Uh, an in, an, 
and inherent characteristics or qualities of something, while concepts refer to general ideas or understanding. <coughs> we good me, there? Boy. <clears throat> yeah. I hit my cough button and it didn't... There, I'll just try... <laughs> Sorry about that. No, you're I'm good. Gonna get a new one. Right. Okay, go ahead. I, so I, I apologize for that, but uh, just no, you're, you're repeat that last statement. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So uh, it was just I'm just kind of explaining exactly what's the difference between concepts and nature yeah, to make sure I'm we're not ascribing yeah. yeah nature but, with something that's conceptual. Because concepts have a nature too, don't they? Sure, but uh, just because they sort of they aren't directly and they don't really directly have a relationship you 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 could have a nature and not have a concept of it true we perceive uh the nature of something through the properties that it reflects uh-huh yeah and just because you know you have this certain nature doesn't make the nature in itself a conceptual reality is that fine i don't know it depends on what you're talking about but keep going well, yeah, I'm just talking about inherent characteristics and whether or not I'm aware of it or if God is aware of it. Well, you went too general there, but keep going, okay? Yeah, so basically what I'm trying to say is because you have gone on record to say that the logical absolutes are part of his nature, yeah. you are sort of equating it with his nature, what makes him who he is. And just because God can speak himself or describe himself to us doesn't make the logical absolutes conceptual by nature. So you're saying these laws uh, are, are not conceptual by nature? Is that what you're saying? These, these concepts? That's what I'm saying. Okay. So uh, if nothing exists anywhere, just say nothing, nothing, nothing. Does logic sure. exist? Okay. Would logic exist then if nothing exists? The logical models that we would build off the logical absolutes, such as pr propositional logic, first-order logic, those would not exist. Those require a mind, because that's what we've built off of them. Okay, you got to listen. If nothing exists, exists nothing, does the laws of logic exist? There's a one required answer. The answer is... Yes, yeah, yeah, they, they still exist. Well, okay, no, 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 no. Get, they, they don't exist me. in this. If nothing exists, then the laws don't exist because it's included in the scope of nothing. Come on, that was a simple one. That was simple. You shouldn't have stumbled on that one. Hey, we're going to break. We'll be right back, folks, after these messages, and we'll continue on this. We've got nobody waiting, so this will we'll, uh, do it. But 877-207-2276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Let's get back to John. Okay, John, I'm going to ask you a test question, okay? See how your logic yeah, is, ahead. okay? If you jump high enough, can you touch the moon? If I could jump high enough, could I touch the moon? Yes. What's the answer? What's the answer? Uh, well, I don't think that is physically possible in a hypothetical situation. I'd say, yes, I could. So the answer is yes or no. If you jump high enough, you can touch the moon. Is it, is yes, it yes, yes. I, said, I, I said yes. Okay. Good. And because uh, if you don't touch the moon, you haven't jumped high enough. The question requires an affirmative 
Just test, testing your logic. Okay, go ahead. Yes, uh, well, I was trying to exactly figure out what, what you were trying to do there, but I, I don't want to get how, sort of sidetracked with this. Because you, you, you made a fundamental mistake uh, earlier. I forgot what it was, but you, you blew it. But anyway, keep going. If yeah, exists, and I tried to take that. I tried to retract that. I said something exists when you said nothing exists, and I, I was trying. trying to take that back. And what I, I was trying to, what I was going to point out is that the logical absolutes, they don't exist in the sense that uh, they're physical or non-conceptual. They're because, physical um, and non-conceptual? They don't exist as non-conceptual, which means they are conceptual? Okay, so if I were to take, if, see, I think I think we're starting to get a little sidetracked here because, like I said, I don't really exactly want to talk about what I think they are because I, I don't necessarily hold this naturalistic view, and if I did hold a naturalistic view, I, I would have to say they're either physical or conceptual. But let's just say, for okay. example, that we live in a universe that got, where God exists. Okay? Yeah. And... What I'm trying, yeah. What I'm trying to point out is, whenever you say that the laws of logic are part of God's nature, mm-hmm. they that means that they aren't. And you're saying what God nature is is it's spiritual. Then the laws of logic can't be conceptual reality. They have to be, I guess, what you say, a somewhat spiritual reality. Yeah. The problem here is. It's to say they're part of God's nature is a very. What does it mean? It's part of his, you know, his lower third, or what? Does it emanate out of his essence and his nature? God is spiritual, but what that means, to, or it doesn't say spiritual, but spirit, which is not, it doesn't have a body, flesh, and bones. We don't know what God's nature is, so we can't then say the laws of logic correspond to any particular aspect of God's um, actuality, other than to say we know that the laws of logic are conceptual entities. And whether you want to call them truth-bearing propositions or not, you know, as some people like to do, uh, we can get into the issue of their universality. Uh, they occur only in minds. Uh, they don't occur in the rocks. Now, some people come back and say, well, they occur in logic circuits. Yeah, well, logic circuits and computers are designed by intelligence. They didn't randomly come together. They have to be uh, formed using the laws of logic in order to demonstrate their necessity in a physical sense. So even the laws of logic require, uh, embedded in materiality, require an intelligence. So I don't see any reason to say that the laws of logic, which are universal abstract entities, uh, can exist apart from a universal mind. Unless you can show me how, you know. Go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah. So... I don't. I can't exactly. Of course, I, to say that they're part of his nature, and to try to figure out what that is. You know, it, it's hard. It's incomprehensible. I, we, I wouldn't yeah. be able to put a necessary name on it. Like I could say they reflect his nature. You know, and well, what does that mean? Well, I'm not exactly sure. You know, they reflect God's nature. Might be a better way to say it. Okay. Sure. If they reflect his nature, I mean, does that mean God is? sort of speaking about the logical absolutes from something that he is like no now we're talking I, about uh, you, you know you can ask all kinds of questions God's thinking about them he already would have known about them they're part and part uh, parcel of his own nature sure but whether or not God can comprehend his nature doesn't doesn't change his nature right doesn't change anything about it like just because God knows he can't lie doesn't mean uh, he can ever start lying. You know, are you kind of getting what I'm saying? 
Okay. Let's see. I can't hear anybody. It looks like the internet might be just talking out loud. Don't even know if what's going on. Um, hello? So let me. Hello? Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. It did cut out. It did cut out. I don't know what that was. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I was just going to. I thought maybe my internet went down. But I, don't, I guess not. And things froze. So I don't know. Don't know what happened there. Okay. Anyway, let's, let's continue. Yes, yes, and um, are you there? Okay. I was, I was really hoping I, was, I, I got something here because uh, last night I, I stayed up because I was, I feel like I was able to get this through to you, of the, the, the statement, you know, a equals a. That is a conceptual reality. If I were to disappear, if all minds were to disappear, that statement ceases. But that, but in this sense, we're talking about the statement in which that statement points to. Is not conceptual because I, I can't have a concept of exactly what that A equals A points to. Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back. We had an internet problem. It looks like on my end, and uh, it just tanked and went down, and then uh, we're back up and running. So we had some callers waiting, and I apologize for the difficulty and the confusion. I talked to the station on the phone, and uh, everything seems to be up in place. So... That's what happened. If you want to give me a call, all you're going to do is dial 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. And we'll just, uh, you know, we can blab. We can do what you, uh, what you want to talk about. So what I was talking about uh, with this stuff there, um, I was entertaining the idea a little bit uh, talking on this. I want atheists to hear this issue. I know that uh, a lot of people think that they've got answers to the uh, the issue of the transcendental necessities, let me I'll just tell you what these things are a little bit, and this is basic stuff. So uh, I'll go slowly, okay? So I'm going to introduce some concepts: primary and secondary substance. Primary and secondary. All right. So uh, you're sitting in church and you're seeing a bunch of chairs. You look at the chair in front of you. That's a primary substance. It's a chair. Primaries right there in front of you, and a secondary substance would be the quality of chairness, which is all around you. All the chairs around you, they all share a quality. The primary is that thing you're looking at, and the secondary is the aspect of the concept everywhere. Okay, the aspect of this of the concept everywhere is a transcendental or universal. It's a concept that has universal uh, applicability. And so uh, that, that's what's going on. It's just uh, universal. And so the laws of logic are like that. Instead of being physical chairs, they're conceptual uh, chairs, so to speak. Uh, they're conceptual things. They're laws. They exist in different places. And so what's their nature? Well, their nature is that they're of, of the mind. 
all right well how's that work then in an atheist worldview for example well there is no universal mind how then do you obtain the universality of these laws and that's a problem because they have various solutions but they all have problems and they don't work but the Christian worldview is simple all you got to do is just uh, understand that God is behind it all we can't connect all the dots because we don't understand the mind of God and so we say well he's the one his mind is everywhere and we're made in his image so we can participate and understand those things those laws that have uh, universal abstract uh, quality to them abstract being of the mind and they don't vary they're absolute that is they don't vary and they're everywhere not dependent upon us so they're independent of us so how do we come in contact with them that's a good question I don't have an answer for that but uh, what's the condition for their existence the necessary precondition for their intelligibility would be God himself that's the whole point all right let's get to Anne from Bread uh, Bedford Virginia and welcome here on the air and I don't hear anything uh, so let's see yeah. well we did have a, an internet problem it may have Hi. Some, oh there we go oh okay that was on my end again well uh, welcome you're on hey. the hi my question is about burial okay. I'm new to reading the Bible <laughs> about nine months reading the Bible and I want to understand if is burial part of the Bible I cannot find anywhere in the Bible and that nowhere near through the whole thing but I just want to understand is burial required uh, required for what required for what to is it part of God's requirement to do what for us to be buried? In other words, is cremation against God's... Ah, it's, now cremation's okay. Uh, uh, let's see, freezing, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, being, no, being buried. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're all acceptable. Uh, the, the, normally, it was just that they were buried. People were buried in the ground because that's what, what you do with a, with a body. Right. I used to study different cultures back in high school. I really remember this one class. It was interesting. One culture buried people in the ground up to their waist, believe yeah. it or not. Another uh, culture buried people in by putting them in trees, strapping them into trees. So... <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. I don't want to tell you the details about that one, but uh, they Please they put them in trees. <laughs> yeah, there's some other details about that. And so uh, burial is just different stuff. People, what, what happens to people who uh, you know their sh the ship sinks and they die and they go to the bottom of the ocean, and their bodies are there. They're buried at sea, right. so to speak. That, that's okay. You know, that's one of the things I thought finish. about, but I I just wanted to make sure that there wasn't anything because I. It'll be forever before I get the whole Bible. I just want to make yeah. sure I wasn't uh, yeah. baptism. Uh, it wasn't. Okay. I, I, grew, I grew up in a major denomination. Mm -hmm. I grew up under parents who loved God, who loved mm -hmm. their kids, who loved their community. Okay. Um, and I didn't continue in that church in adulthood. And I okay. would not now, ever. 
Can but I, I ask I what denomination? I, I, or? I was, I was baptiz- baptized as a kid okay. and confirmed as, as a uh, teenager. Okay. Yeah. Do I need to be baptized again? Now that's a tough one because you're talking about the Roman Catholic Church, most probably. Um, and uh, I, so the Roman Catholic Church is not Christian, okay? It's uh, yeah. a false church, and it teaches a false gospel and idolatry and things like that. And so does the Eastern Orthodox. So here we go. Now I'm going to say this once through. We can talk about it. I could make the case that the baptism, even in the Roman Catholic Church, is valid. And the reason I could make that case is theologically I can connect the dots. So the name of the baptism formula, you know, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Roman Catholics affirm the true God and the true Christ. They do. And they affirm the true baptismal formula in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Their problem is they add a false gospel and they promote idolatry in Mary. So the question, aside from those other two things, is that baptism valid? I'm not going to say it is. I'm not going to say it's not because I can make a case either way. And so uh, what I would say is this. I would say that if you don't believe in that baptism and you're not sure and you want to do what's right, you want to make sure you're baptized, I just say go get baptized. Just go do it. Mm-hmm. Because God's not going to get mad at you for trying to do what's right. You're not sure if the, if you know whatever church baptism is an infant was valid. That's a whole other topic, infant baptism. Because I affirm infant baptism, but not for salvation. I affirm it as a covenant sign. And it doesn't ha- save you at all. But as a covenant aspect, I'm a covenant theologian. And if you disagree, that's okay. I got lots of friends who don't agree with me, and that that's fine. It's a debatable issue. No, I I I, I kind of agree. My my next question. One more question, please. I have. Sure. Uh, where where I'm going to church now wants to baptize me, and they require me to put my testimonial. On the internet. Whoa, 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 whoa! I need yeah, to know what I church this is. Have a problem with that. Oh, I need to know what church this is. Well, I know it, it, it's a major denomination. Is it, is it Baptist um, or what? It's not Mormon, is it? No. Okay, Mormon's not a cult. Mormon. Okay, good. Um, but the minister is requiring you to put your testimony on. On the internet, and no. I just—I don't. There's no requirement. On one, on one, no, there's no requirement. Well, I know it's not a requirement of God, but I feel like I have a problem with it. And the older people in the church do too. But I yeah, just don't. I do. It's, here, it's here's box for me. Ask them what. Show me the scripture that that justifies this requirement. Just to do that. So show me the Bible where it says, and it says you have to declare him publicly. I can do that in my church. I don't want to put it on the internet. I don't feel safe about it. I don't want my name out there. There's safety issues, you know, uh, stuff like that. Okay, so the for him to require is that, that is even, ridiculous. Even if I don't, even if I don't agree, the church is recording all every service 
on the on the internet. So yeah, even if you okay. say no, it's going to be recorded. So well, it, no, you and, go to him in private. Think, well, no, 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 no. Hold on, you go to him in private. You say I don't want to. I don't want to do this. I don't want it to be on the internet. Now. If he says baptism, it will be baptized on the internet, and you just don't feel comfortable with that. No problem. If I were your pastor and you said I just don't feel comfortable getting baptized, on, you know, while everybody's watching on the internet, okay, no problem. We'll do it privately. We'll do it without it. No problem. That's how it should be. Yeah. Okay. He should not require it. Okay. And if he says, "Oh, you have to do it on the internet, or it has to be on the internet, it has to be while we're doing it live," just go to find another church. Sorry, but. It's okay. just legalism and ridiculous assertion, if that's what would be the case. Okay. Okay. Thank you. God All bless. Right. I hope that helps. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. God, God bless. bless. Okay. That's interesting. I never heard that. I don't. Maybe she's not representing the pastor properly, and who knows? You know. But uh, it should not be required uh, to have a testimony on the internet or do it on the internet. Hey, we'll be right back after these messages. Wide open lines. Give me a call. 877-207-2276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Let's see. Last segment of the hour. Hey, just want to let you know that we stay on the air by your support. I do want to say thank you to all of you who have supported. Uh, we had a great uh, matching funds drive uh, last oh, in uh, December, last month of the year. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. And uh, I'll be making calls to people periodically. Uh, we have a lot of people to call. And I'll be making calls periodically. Not everybody <laughs> just can't do it. But saying thank you. I'll be picking people. My wife will be picking people. Call this person. Okay, I'll just go and say thanks and stuff like that. We do appreciate it. But if you do want to continue to support us or you're thinking about helping us out, all you have to do is go to carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G, and forward slash donate. And everything you need will be right there. Also, let's see, um, I will be going to Israel. Uh... The last two weeks of, uh, of of February, so the last day I'll be on the radio live will be the seventeenth of, of of February. So Charlie is going to fill in, and uh, Charlie's an interesting guy. He's the one who read me the quote uh, that got me started in apologetics. We've known each other like forty years. He he uh, has a good head on his shoulders. And so he'll be filling in, so save your questions uh, for him, and be merciful to him, okay? Because he's not been doing it for 18 years like I have. So uh, that'll be that, and then when I get back, well, when I get back, I'm getting back on uh, Saturday, Sunday, so I should be back on the air on uh, March 6th. And then, tentatively uh, scheduled to uh, be in Japan uh, on the last Friday, of of March and go there for a, a Christian uh, Christianity tour in uh, Japan and that'll be that be there for a week and a half uh, yeah and then <laughs> then a couple months after that I'm supposed to go to uh, to uh, Southern California uh, for a, a memorial service and since I'll be going down there I'm going to stay probably a week and um, you know do some speaking see some friends I grew up there. And if people want me to speak at their churches or Bible study 
or whatever. Just all you have to do is just contact me. We'll be talking about that more later. There you go. All right. Wow, a lot of stuff going on. All right, and that's good. So what I'm going to do now is just get on to some of the emails that have come in. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is an email that came in. If you want to email you, by the way, folks, uh, to, for me to address your question or comment on the air, just email me at info at carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. And if you want, you can give me a call, 877-207-2276. By the way, I just thought of this. We're working on a social media page. Um, I have to go over it probably tomorrow. i got so much to do. Oh, man. And I have to get some uh, end-of-year tax letters things out. That took me a whole day to do my Excel wizardry and get everything prepped for uh, putting it into another place and getting oh man and so there's that and um, uh, so we'll be getting into that anyway there's so much to do and it's a good thing though you know I like being busy you know, I, I'm 66 I don't want to retire what are you going to do if you're retired what are you going to do hey hun what do you want to do <laughs> stop asking me okay an hour later hey hun what I'm bored. Go, go fishing. I did that yesterday. Well, don't bother me. That's how it's going to be. Okay. So <laughs> I'm trying to imitate my wife's voice, and uh, it just doesn't work. I don't do that very well. Oh, I have fun imitating my wife. <laughs> Hope she's not listening. Get a, a loving smack upside the head. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> Nothing. All right, all right. So here's an email. Let's see the Mariner's chart as he sails the sea of life. <laughs> that's it. That's the uh, that's the email. So I'm not sure what we're supposed to do with that one, but that's the whole email. Oh, wow. Oh, that was pretty tough. Hey, how about this one? Let's see. Yesterday I heard your comments about dispensationalism, and in years past I did quite a bit of research about dispensationalism. May I call and share what I learned? Of course you can. Yeah, call up. You know, if you don't agree with me on dispensationalism, that's fine. You know, I don't. I don't believe in dispensationalism. But if you do, call up. We'll talk. You know, it's no big deal. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made answering questions or in apologetics? Kit asked me that question. I I have no idea. I've made so many. It's like a it's like an iceberg of mistakes that I have made. Um, over the years it's like you know if i had to pick one there's so many that that uh, could contend so what i for the top spot uh and that's just my opinion and then there's a whole other set that other people would say no man these are worse so i've certainly made a lot of mistakes um one of them is put up putting up with kit that's a huge one right there because uh you know he's he's got issues but um no, I don't know. What can I say? If I were to say, what's my biggest mistake? Mistake? Uh, you know, I could say uh, I've gotten angry a few times at people, and uh, you know, I've, I've always tried to work on that. Uh, and uh, you know, that's that's it. You know, you can be in situations where you're tested for a long period of time, and you can lose it. That's always bothered me, and so I, I work hard to be as gentle as possible. Uh, I've made a lot of progress in that area, so you know. There's that. I'm just uh, kind of talking out loud there. 
All right, let's see. Let's see. We got that one. Uh, dispensationalism, if you want to call. Yeah, I do not believe in dispensationalism. Let's see. What kind of categories of truth exist in your mind? Uh, i.e. your presuppositions uh, that differ from someone else's. What categories? I don't know. Uh, see, Robin asked that. Uh, I would have to know what categories that they have in their minds. And are you talking about one person's mind or everybody's minds? I don't understand. And what would be a category of truth? Because uh, is truth multifaceted? There are types of truth. I guess you could say categories. You know, there's truth. Uh, we could say that which is reflective of the mind of God. We could say it's true that if you uh, you know add two plus two equal, equals four, it's true that if you jump off that cliff, you're going to die. There are different types of truth. So I'm not sure we get into. I'm doing a study on differences between people on the topic of truth, not things we believe, think about normally or rationally conclude via fluid thought. Hmm. But rather, I'm interested in what fills our presuppositions that act like a truth identifier. Well, see, now that's that's the thing you got to talk about right there. What presuppositions do you have that are truth identifiers? Now, that's the thing, because you have to understand that someone who would have a presupposition in order to identify truth is assuming the truth of their own presuppositions. So this is the catch about things like that. I have certain presuppositions, and I use them to determine truth. Okay, well, then how do you know your presuppositions are truth truthful? That's a question, and it's, it's a good question to ask everybody. You could ask it of me. How do I know my presuppositions about God are true? Well, I can't prove to you that they are, that God's existence is. Well, actually, I think I can, but uh, that's another topic. And so, you know, we get into these issues. This is why presuppositionalism is very important. And what I'll do with people when we discuss these things is, hey, you have different presuppositions. And uh, if you assume a certain position and then your position, your presuppositional worldview, your base, your set of presuppositions and assumptions, if what it is uh, can account for more facts and explanations of things, then you're on the right track. If it poses problems and then it can't account for things, then you should abandon that presupposition or that, that worldview, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, interested in what fills the presuppositions, that's a worldview, such categories, which act like a lens uh, we look through to see and understand the world or things in it. That's correct. As an example, categories like real, literal, material, historical come to mind. That's true. Now you're being more specific. Very good. These may describe your presuppositions made up of truth categories, but I'd like to hear from you. Well, I'm not sure. See, when someone asks me a question like that, I, I'm going to ask them questions. Uh, what do you mean by uh, truth? It's not me just challenging them. It's, well, what do you mean by truth? I'll write this down. And what basis, what, on what basis do you assume that's true? Because you have to have something you're working on in order to ask these questions. Because you're assuming the truth of the ability of me to understand questions as well as people to be able to make sense in questioning. And, and that's fair. We can't validate every single thing everywhere. We would just go back infinitely in verifying this. In, in infinite regression of verifications, we can't do that. So... Uh, you know, there are different categories of truth. Yes, I would ag agree. Like this, but what is it's, this person says real? Well, what's real truth? Does it mean that which corresponds to actuality? Because that's a correspondence theory of truth. But then we have the problem of what is reality? And we get to the issue of the one and the many, universals and particulars. 
Then we have uh, literal truth. What, I don't know what this is meant by literal truth. You mean in writing down, literally, something written? What's a material truth? Is that the same thing as real truth? As the person is saying materiality? Historical truth. Now, that's a different category. You know, historical truths. Now, that one I would agree. Yeah, there are uh, truths that are related to history. Did Alexander the Great exist? You believe he did. Is it true? What's the evidence for it? Then we get what's called uh, J.S. JTB, Justified True Belief, and a tripartite methodology for determining truth values. This is a secularized uh, view of things. This really gets deep uh, as people get into these discussions and try and talk about them. And that's why you have to have more questions about them. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Well, there's a receipt for a movie I watched last night, The Foreigner. That was a good movie with Jackie Chan. It was a it was a good movie. He did a serious role, and I watched it. I enjoyed it. Uh, let's. Oh yeah, I gotta talk to that guy. Oh yeah, I gotta. Let's see. Put this up here for a link. Okay, now I'm kind of rambling. I like that. I've been ministering to a Muslim on your Islam forum board. That's right. Uh, oh, that's right. Another thing I gotta do is is we need help. Uh, people who can moderate on those forums. And get them more under control, and uh, you know, I'm gonna start praying about that. Maybe somebody you can pray about that too. Some people who would know how to work in the forums. Now the thing is, it can be quite tough. We have a woman, Dara, and she's great, and she oversees them and has moderators. But she needs more moderators to kind of go in and and work with stuff. So I've got to go in and, and do that. Um, you know, I say I'm busy, and you know something? I really am. I am so busy. But I like it, and I'm so privileged to, that at my age, at 66, that I'm privileged to be able to do what I can do. Relatively good health, except for my stupid hearing issues, but hey, what are you going to do? And uh, I'm able to help my wife and help others, and, and stuff. And what a, you know, what a privilege. And you, you should think about that in your situation. I know there's a lot of people who want to serve God but don't know how. Don't know what capacity. I got a bit of advice for you. What you should do is just ask God to be used. Now, he may prepare you to be used, or he may use you right away. Now, if he's preparing you and things suddenly get tough, okay, you ask for it. And, you know, he's, pre- he's prepping you. Just write it out, go through it. And be used where you're at. There's the thing. Be used where you're at. Helping a lady get groceries in a car. Opening a door for someone. Mowing your neighbor's lawn. And doing various things where you're at. And to ask God to be used. Because the works that he would have ordained for you don't have to be radio, TV, and astronaut. They can be something as simple as saying hi to your neighbor. Cutting the grass for him. Changing a tire for somebody. Just helping. Just being good in the name of Jesus. And those are some of the ways to be used. And don't think those aren't valuable. Because I'll tell you, I got, don't have time for stories right now, but I got stories where the weirdest things meant a great deal to people that you wouldn't think men did. But God knows is why he used you. That kind of stuff happens. There's the music. May the Lord bless you. By his grace, I'm back on here tomorrow. And just let you know, I'll be teaching Bible study tonight in uh, two and a half hours, 930 Eastern Time. It'll be on uh, 
Matchlick Live. So, Matchlick uh, YouTube. Anyway, God bless everybody. Have a great evening. Another program powered by the Truth Network.